Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. My friend Jason Hall is a leadership and sales expert. He does a lot of speaking and training in that particular area. He's spoken all over the world and is one of the most inspiring people that I know. Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio, Jason. Thank you, Paul. I'm grateful to be here. I appreciate you having me today. It's about time, huh? That's right. We've been trying to make this happen for a little while, so <laughs> that's good. And I'm glad that it's happening today. Me too. Jason, you've inspired me for a number of reasons. And one of the first things I noticed about you is probably something that a lot of people notice about you. You enter in a chair. That's right. I, I kind of stand out in a group, my, my wife says. That's because you don't stand up. That's, That's right. Exactly. You stand out by not That's standing right. up. Um, Jason, there's a whole story behind that. I know that's part of the context for why you know what you know now. Could you share a brief introduction with our audience and, and, and some of your story so that they get that context? You bet. So uh, I was born in Boise, Idaho to uh, great parents and a great family and kind of your, uh, if they had happy days in the 80s, that would have probably been my situation. That was you. That was, mm-hmm. that was me. And uh, kind of, in fact, if I was, if, if our family was happy days, I was Richie Cunningham and I wanted to do all the student government and all that kind of stuff. And that, that was my life. And I, and I tell people, it kind of seemed like I had the Midas touch. I was seventh grade class president, eighth grade class president, student body president of my junior high school, played on a seventh grade championship football team, eighth grade championship football team, ninth grade wow. football team. We weren't champions, but we played hard. Uh, and then, and, but my favorite thing to do was to ski. And mm-hmm. I loved to water ski and to snow ski. And so I'll never forget my freshman year at in high school. My dad, just before that, the summer, my dad came down and said, Jason, this year for our family vacation, we're going to Lake Powell for a week of water skiing. And mm-hmm. growing up in Idaho, I'd never been to Lake Powell, but I'd heard about it and mm-hmm. heard that it was like water skiing in your bathtub because the water's so warm. Yeah, right. It's like the best place to ski. So I ran out into the garage. I grabbed my water ski and waxed it up, started sleeping with it. And this was November. July finally rolled around and we loaded up the boat and headed down to Lake Powell. And we put our boat in the water at about one o'clock on Saturday. And at one o'clock on Sunday, I was laying on a beach because I dived into water that was too shallow and had broken my neck. Become oh. a quadriplegic, uh, what they call a C5-6 quadriplegic. So basically, just so your listeners can understand, if you draw a line underneath your arms, kind of right at your armpits, everything south of that, I can't feel or move. Gone. That's right. Um, and then as far as the rest of my body, I can't move my hands. Mm-hmm. I can move my wrists and then I have biceps, but no triceps. And so basically no hands and partial use of my arms. Okay. And so I spent the next three months in hospital trying to figure out basically at first how to breathe, then how to eat, uh, and then how to do just the basics, comb my hair, wash my face, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Tried pushing a chair for a while and, and, uh, that, didn't work for my body type and, and strength and, and what I wanted out of my life. And so 
uh, I'm in a power chair and, and cruise around. And on my way out of the hospital, I had a therapist who grabbed me. And with the best of intentions, she didn't want me to be disappointed. She didn't want me to be frustrated, but told me that I probably wouldn't graduate high school, that I wouldn't live away from home, go to college, get married, or get a job that would pay better than Social Security. And so... This, this, a therapist told a ther you this. A physical therapist, so not a... Oh, a physical, a physical ther therapist. Okay, that's thank right. you for that clarification. <laughs> right, that's, that's a personal... <laughs> that's, take that personally, right? I see some psychological issues with that kind of advice that's or right. input, Jason, just to say. I agree. Although in, in a weird way, it actually had proved to be a pretty big driver for me to go and do all of those things. Well, and you tend to be a little competitive. Yes. And if you don't when mind it comes my to saying that, That's so. right. No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I came out and because of the, that drive and a desire to, to have the dreams that I, my parents always taught me that dream big and then do what it takes to go live those dreams. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And I graduated high school and left home and went to college and was a student body president in my college and met and married my wife who was uh, not desperate and younger than I was and and uh, a lot prettier and, and uh, we <laughs> I got a great job in insurance and really quickly became part of a top producing group and then spoke on the main platform of what's called the million dollar roundtable which is one of the one of the best wow. platforms as a speaker. Jason, that's still on my bucket list. That's right. I've been speaking for 20 years or more. So that was kind of where my yeah. professional career started a little bit was on that platform. Yeah. And because of that, I'm still selling insurance and I'm traveling literally the world, uh, mm -hmm. Europe and Canada and Mexico and mm -hmm. and all points in between and, and uh, getting paid for it, which was even better. Yes. Uh, and I, so I really felt like as I thought about the round table and what I was doing, I thought, you know, I've had my adversity in my life and now all the reward that I was on this, you know, trajectory like a rocket ship and just head straight up mm -hmm. and was excited about the opportunities of the future and where things were going and, and everything looked pretty nice. And four years after starting in the insurance industry, when I was 27, I was driving my handicap accessible van down the interstate Mm -hmm. And my front left tire blew. Just, I was just getting ready to get off the interstate, and I heard this sound like a shotgun going oh, off in my ear. Oh. And all of a sudden, I went from being a driver to a passenger, and my car went across all three lanes of traffic going south, through the median, into the oncoming traffic. Ooh. I ended up 13 months in the hospital, and really with 10 years of pretty substantial hospitalization, therapy, and surgery. In wow. fact, this past November was my 20-year anniversary, and I feel like my health is just finally starting to be back where it was at before. Oh, wow. This was after the initial That's right. That's accident correct. that caused the paralysis. That's correct. Okay, Jason, I'm doing all kinds of stuff with this in my own mind. You're a sales and leadership expert. You train people on success. Uh, probably in any circumstance. That's right. So right now, that's the talk that I'm giving is I talk about how to find success in any circumstance. And because I think that no matter who you are around the world and regardless of your circumstance, I think everyone wakes up and they want success. They want to find 
fulfillment. They want yeah. the joy and happiness that comes with moving the ball down the field and getting a result. And sometimes I think life comes in seasons and I think sometimes it's summer and everything you want falls right in your lap. Mm-hmm. And I think other times it's winter and it's cold and it's dark and every step forward comes with two steps back. Mm-hmm. But I think regardless of your circumstance, we still want that success. We still want to be able to f- have that feeling that comes from being a valued member of a society and, mm-hmm. and, a, and a, playing an active role in our life. And right. whether that's in those summertime moments when you're, when I've been speaking on the million dollar round table and a top salesman in my field uh, or leader in my industry or in a hospital bed for four or five months at a time, I still woke up wanting to find success. And so I put together what are my seven P's and you can- Oh, Jason. I know, this is right in your wheelhouse. (laughs) This is right up your alley. They're P words. That's right. So here's what they are. You have to think positive, have perspective. No, I'm sorry. Think positive, have purpose, be prepared, push, love people, keep perspective, and just persist. So those are the seven. Oh, man. You've got stories on every one of those, I'm sure. That's right. You bet. You started with one of my favorites, positivity. That's right. Before we go to our break, could you, from your perspective, share with us why positivity is the first one? Why is that so important? I think it's first because it is the most important. I think until you have a positive outlook, until you fix the the muscle between your ears, none of the other work can happen. You have to be able to mm-hmm. say, how do I how do I view things from their best perspective? How do I give myself the best chance? How do I have the most optimistic view? I think there's so much power in optimism and in belief and in thinking that you can instead of believing that you can't. Um, One of my favorite stories is uh, the story of um, the man who ran the four minute mile, the sub four minute mile. Oh, Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister. Mm -hmm. And you think about, he did that in 1957, I believe. Prior to that, nobody had ever run, beaten a four minute mile, ever, right? So he does it in 57, and you would think if that's never happened before, then it's gonna take forever for it's it to happen again. It's gonna stand forever. Right, it doesn't yeah. even stand two months. Right. It doesn't even stand two months, and by the end of, no, it happened, he broke it in 1954. By the end of 1957, there's like 16 people who not only have beaten a four minute mile, but who have broken his record. Right, So yeah. what happened all of a sudden in the 1950s, Was there this massive genetic explosion or did they find out better workout techniques or people just get stronger, faster? It's in the water. That's right. Something. Something. Well, I think the difference is all of a sudden these runners, the biggest hurdle they had wasn't on the track. It was in their mind. And as soon as they saw that someone else could do it, they believed they could too. And that's once, huge. Once it's like the blinders are off, right? Yeah, took like, the lid off of it. That's right. So now Roger can do it. So can I. And then you've got this explosion of runners doing this thing that I read, a, saw a study that some physiologist 
back then believed not only that it wasn't impossible, but it was dangerous to even try it. Yeah, like what's going to happen? Your body's going to explode, explode that's or something? Right. But that's that, that was the belief. Yeah. And now one man does it, and then everything else changes. Not because their body muscle got stronger, because their mind muscle got stronger. Their brain started to believe it. Their heart yes. said, I can do this. You know what? The body muscle part that you're referring to isn't even relevant until you get that straight in your mind. That's right. That's so, I, I don't think there's anything more important that if someone comes to me and says, how do I overcome? I think if you can't think positively, then the rest of it just doesn't matter. Nothing, nothing else that you could say would matter after that. That's right. Oh, wow. I, I believe that, Jason. I think you've demonstrated it through your own life and experience. I'm hoping that as you're listening to our conversation here today, um, that you can see in your own life where this is going to apply. Where is it in your life that you're saying, I can't, for example? Because uh, if you start to say you can, then watch what happens. Yeah, that gets pretty darn exciting. That, I believe it. Let's dig into that a little bit more as we come back from this break. Perfect. We've got Jason Hall at Live On Purpose Radio. You'll want to come right back. Hey, Live On Purpose family. I know you're a fan of personal development, and that's why you're here on the podcast. Something else that I think you would really like is Live On Purpose TV. Come on over to youtube.com forward slash live on purpose TV, where you will find daily episodes that are all geared toward powering up your personal development program. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. And we're back. Jason Hall at Live On Purpose Radio. Bringing it, Jason. That's right. This is so cool. I, I'm always amazed. And I don't know why I'm still amazed. Maybe it's the same reason I'm still amazed every time I take off on an airplane. Right. It's just, what? We can do this? Yeah. And as you were talking about positivity and the role of positivity, nothing else even gets started until you get your head wrapped around some positive approach to whatever it is that life just handed you. And stuff happens. Have you That's noticed? Right. I have. Let me say one more thing about that. I, because I think this is important. Mm -hmm. I think positivity is a choice. It's a decision. And right after my accident... Oh, man. It's like I'm paying you to say this. That's right. Something. Go on. Right after my accident, I thought about my situation and... I knew one thing, and that was that I wanted friends. And I, in fact, I will never forget laying in a CAT scan. My very first concern about my disability, my first worry, my first fear, as I was 15 years old, mm -hmm. laying in a CAT scan. A doctor, I don't know why, Paul, but they wouldn't let my dad be in my emergency room with me. Oh. So I was 15 years old, all by myself, for two hours. Mm -hmm. Finally, at the end of two hours, the doctor pulls back the curtain and looks me in the eye and says, Jason, you've broken your neck and you'll never walk again. Oh, thanks, Doc. I know. Right? He was the positive attitude doctor. Yeah, he needed right. to learn about a few P's himself. Anyway, so then I'm in a, they sent me to a CAT scan to do some study. And it took about 30 minutes for the shock to wear off. And laying in this CAT scan, I had my first concern. 
I've had a, I've had a thousand concerns or worries about my disability, sure. right? But my first was this, and that was, who will be my friend? Oh, wow. Who's going to want to hang out with a guy in a wheelchair? Who's going to want to go to the dances with a guy in a wheelchair? Because there were kids yeah. in my wheelchair at my school, and they didn't have very many friends. Right. And I was scared to death. Because now you're that be. guy. That's right. And my first thought was, nobody wants to be around a sad sack. Nobody wants to be around somebody who just can't, just complains the whole time. Yeah, the victim so, mindset. That's right. And so I decided... I'm going to find the best in, in every situation I'm in. And I'm only going to talk about the good. And that decision, I had no idea of the effect that decision was going to have mm-hmm. in my life. Because I would have times when hard things would come my way. And I got to decide, was I going to gnash about and complain and gripe? In fact, I, gave, put, I put out a rule. Yeah. gave myself a rule. When it got really bad, when I had something bad happen, I had 30 minutes. Okay. No, I'm sorry, an hour. I had an hour where I could kick and bite and scream and yell and complain throw and belly ache and moan. It's all as I wanted. I got I gave myself 30 minutes if it was like a test or something like that. Like mm-hmm. a, in school. But other than that, I had an hour. And then when that hour was over, it was I had to be done. There was no more of it. And that rule wow. and that attitude of saying, find the good, seek the good, was if there's one thing that made a difference, it, it was that. Between me finding yeah. a way out of my disability, living with my disability, mm. then and not. So you have to choose. You know what? I have noticed, Jason, that until we see it as a choice, it's not. That's right. That awareness puts you in a different position. And a lot of people don't see it as a choice. Probably because they're so embroiled in the pain, the difficulty the why me the victim yeah kind of a mindset until you see it as a choice it's not and i had an experience right after i came home from the hospital where i tried to do i spent a night where i was going to try and i had homework and stuff yeah and i was going to try and do all my things all by myself and it was an epic i failed at everything i couldn't do it i tried to do all of it and my books fell on the ground and i dropped my pen i even tried to lay myself in bed and end up laying face first on the carpet oh boy and i laid in bed and I, I came to a stark realization and that was this that i had lost most of the physical control over my life but what i hadn't given up was my mental control and i it was my choice i couldn't choose whether i could walk and stand anymore but i could choose if i was going to think positively and see the good and that was that i i was searching for independence i was searching for control over my life mm-hmm. and that was where I found it, was in my mental ability to say, how do I see the good? You had a rare opportunity to learn this in a powerful way by losing the physical control. That's right. Isn't that interesting? What an advantage over those who still have it. That's right. In some, that's right. Is that nuts? No doubt. Ah, but you're right. It is so key. Until, until we wrap our heads around that and take charge of the mental processes that are going on in our mind, and they're going to happen. That's right. We have to, uh, we have to think something. That's right. Becoming aware of that process and taking conscious control over it changes the whole game. And I read a study that said, on average, 80% of people's thoughts are negative. And... 80% of the oh, thoughts that we have every day are thoughts we rethink from prior thoughts. 
So it's just whatever we've practiced, right? That's right. So you have to decide. In fact, practice, it's all about practice. And practice doesn't make perfect, but practice makes permanent. And so what are you going to practice? Is practice one of your P's? It's not, but it's in, it should be. But it could be if we expand the list. That's right. Got to keep it to seven. So I got to, got to keep it to some number, right? Otherwise it gets out of control. Well, I seem to remember that perspective was one of them. And that's what we've been talking about here. I know purpose is one of those important things for you too, because that really gives you the direction. That's right. When I was uh, young, I I remember I heard heard a story from my friend who played wide receiver in college Mm -hmm. and he was a freshman and he was trying to really impress his coach. And so he came back and he was he had a senior linebacker on him and he was juking left and right, but left and right, left and right, left and right, trying to lose this guy. And all he was doing was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he was doing it so much, he eventually fell and twisted his ankle. <sighs> the coach came down and kind of grabbed him by the face mask and lifted him up and said, son, pick a direction and go. Uh-huh. I quit just going back and forth and back and forth. And I think our lives are that same way. I think, per, it's, I think our goals, our why, uh, give us purpose, mm-hmm. give us that direction. And sometimes there's lots of good things to be about and you just have to pick a direction and go. You just have to make a choice and set a good goal, smart goal, right? Yeah. You know, I always say it's gotta be specific, written down, measurable, and then you got to be made accountable for your goal. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, then that gives you the purpose. That gives you the reason that you wake up. You know, my dad would put yeah. all the kids in the station wagon and we'd go, Sunday driving and we hated it. But the same kids in the same car and we'd go on a family vacation and we loved it. Same kids, same car. Same car. Only difference was where we were going. So when you know where you're going and you're excited about getting there, then it's, that's the purpose that gets you yeah. up every morning and ready to go. Some of those, I know we don't have time to get into the, all the details about everyone, but we've talked about positivity and purpose and perspective. I, I know I'm not getting these in order. But, that's, but the one I want to talk about really quick is perspective. And I think gratitude has a lot to do with that. And I think yeah. one of the secrets of happiness in your life is gratitude. And it's so easy to concentrate on what you don't have. And so easy to forget about what we do have. Yeah. And one of the secrets to what happened to me was I had an experience where I went to God and I told him that I would live my life happy if I told him he could keep my legs, I just wanted my hands. Because I realized Mm -hmm. all the ways that my life would open up if I could move my hands. If you could move your hands. And so at 15, that seemed like a fair deal. That I would would work really hard every day and he could keep my legs and I I would get my hands and I would never complain. And I felt like he wouldn't take my deal unless he saw me working hard. And I worked hard every day. And it was tedious and slow, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Until Dan came. And there was a guy who had been in an accident that was similar to mine. And he came into our therapy group. And he had escaped his accident with complete use of his arms and hands and a little bit of movement and feeling in his legs. Uh-uh. And every Lucky. day the therapist, right, every day the therapist would come in and say, hey, do you want to work on your arms and hands today? And every day he would say, no. I want to watch my legs. Maybe today they'll move. Maybe today they'll work. And I became so frustrated. And I just said, if he's going to give him what I want and he won't even use it, it's so unfair. Oh, wow. And so I told my, ther- my physical therapist, I'm done. I quit. No more, no more, not working anymore. It's not fair. Life's not fair. I give up. I give up. And so I went back to my room and I stopped in the room of a friend. And he had a, his disability was almost the same as mine. And so I knew he would understand. 
and I'm complaining to him and unloading to him. And while I'm doing that, I notice he's got these leather braces on his wrist. And I had worn similar braces when I first came into the hospital, but had been in long enough that I, they took them off. And he'd been in the hospital longer mm. than I had. And so I said, Rich, you don't have to have those on your wrist anymore. You've been in the hospital long if you can take them off. And he held up his arm and his good, sweet wife, Marilee, came over and she took the brace off his wrist. And when she did, his wrist fell. It just fell. Because even though our brakes were similar, his was a little bit higher. And he that couldn't move his wrist. Difference. And I went back to my room that night and I felt so ashamed. Wow. Because I was doing the exact same thing Dan was. I was so wrapped up in what I didn't have that I couldn't see what I did. You didn't see what you had. And that night in the hospital, I moved my wrist up and down. And every time I did, I thought about something I had, a blessing that was mine. Wow. And that day flipped the script for me. And I just made a decision. And when I got home, I had a list of 100 things that I had to be grateful for. And I started carrying it with me. And every time I got down and depressed, then I just pulled out my list and started to think. And that perspective made oh, a big difference. Man. How much more useful is that to focus on what you do have, what you can do, what you've still got? Because you can't fix what you, do, what you don't have, you can't fix for the most part. And you can't use what you don't have. That's right. No doubt about it. So get on that useful list. Yeah. There's a lot, isn't there? That's right. And worry about do the best you can with what you have. Because odds are, if you take a look around, you've got a lot more than you think you do. Jason, before we wrap up today, I got to have you chime in about persistence. Persistence, I think, I think persi persistence is the easiest to understand and the most difficult to do. I think mm -hmm. if you look around, so much of success, happiness, joy, fulfillment mm -hmm. comes with simply putting one foot in front of the other. Just, it's, there, it's, it's all the way through cultures. Uh, the Japanese say, uh, just, uh, you know, a man fall down seven and rise up eight. In the Bible, it says a just man fall down seven times and rise up again. It's even Disney gets on the act, right? Dory says, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. It's just, and that's so much of the ball game. It's just, can you keep putting one foot in front of the other? Can you just keep going? Because odds are, if you last, then you're going to figure it out. But what's never yeah. going to work is quitting. Quitting is never the answer. You can't ever give up because there, there's no winning there. You know what? Not to disagree with you, Jason, but you can give up. Not if you want success. But though. it sucks. That's right. That's and, right. And it's, it's no fun. I, well, you're done. That's right. You're done. And that's a dark place to be. Can it get better than this? Absolutely. That's right. Always. Only if you persist. That's right. And keep moving forward. You said put one foot in front of the other, even if you can't move your feet. That's right. You got it. Just keep going. <laughs> Jason, you're an inspiration. How do people find you? So on the web, it's pretty simple. It's just jasonhall.com. I'm that on easy. LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, on a stage near you, we're getting yeah. the word out and starting to, to go more. And, and uh, we'd love any interest that, that uh, there is out there. Go ahead and get a hold of us. So Jason, J-A-S-O-N, Hall, H-A-L-L. -L. Yep, all one word, jasonhall.com. Jason Folks, I've seen Jason on stage. Um, not only is he a friend of mine, he is one of the most inspiring speakers that could just really light up your event. 
you can't go wrong with this guy. Jason, thank you for sharing some of your insights with us today here on the show. Paul, thank you. It's a pleasure always to be with you and to be here with your listeners today. Is uh, any anytime you can, I can share the things that I've learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes just like any, you know, just like most circumstances, it makes all the hardship, all the difficulty, worth it because this is part of the payoff. This is right. part of my purpose. Well, you've paid your dues. Now you get to share some of what you've learned and gained as you win. Well, thank you, Paul. That's awesome. Everybody, it's time for us now to go live on purpose. Purpose.